Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Taboo Time, the place where Kristen Kalp and I, Rachel Clifton, speak about all the things we or people maybe even specifically women (laughs) can't talk about, can't usually talk about even. In life, in work, and in business, and all that entails. I have the honor and privilege of holding space today because Kristen, the woman, the myth, the legend, (laughs) and the consummate professional is sick. She's not feeling good. So I am stepping in to craft a different kind of space and container because I am me. And I have a different style because I am me. And one that hopefully will also create a place for us both to melt and have a really meaningful, touching, open, loving, raw, and heartfelt conversation with you, the listener, invited along to share and be part of this. Thank you for being here. I love you. (laughs) Kristen, hello. Hello. How are you feeling? Like shit, Rachel. 
<laughs> what does that mean? Tell me more, please, please. Um, yes, I get to flirt. I love holding space. Let me do this more. I need this. I need this in my life. <laughs> yes, drama. Yes, oh, oh. drama. The drama. <laughs> Make it erotic. The drama. Long COVID is just not erotic is the problem. Long COVID is like the least sexiest disease. I can make it sexy. (laughs) You know me. I can make anything sexy. (laughs) She really can. Um, So we were just talking um, and I was like, Rachel, we're not recording shit today. And she was like, actually. And I was like, (laughs) we're writing my own taboo lines. Because here's the thing that I said. I said, who would trust me to buy things from if I'm sick? And you said, that's mad. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, go on. (laughs) That is actually what I said. (laughs) So what I love about Kristen is, you know, because she's a collaborator and really, really good friend, I, I don't have to think about my own professionalism or the way that things might be perceived or interpreted and I just get to be blunt as fuck which is ah, joyful and rejuvenating and yeah wonderful (laughs) I loved it because it was like oh that's just asshole brain kicking up with like no one can love you if you're coughing you're like what the fuck asshole brain like come on Come on, we know that's not true. And also, I think there is a a place of real pressure on people who have businesses and responsibilities in general to to show up and to show up well. And I don't mean just well, like looking good, but well, like physically well. Mm. Um, mm. Walk that line between. Uh, mm. rest and discomfort and what is giving up and what is here and Rachel's writhing on screen <laughs> oh god <laughs> I uh, am I was rather I stopped so we I stopped so, it's okay <laughs> if you don't it's just, we're right at the heart of this thing that capitalism does not allow for at all which is when you are sick you be sick and when you need rest you take rest and pushing forward at seven thousand percent is not always the answer yeah that's where we are but for me the taboo is like showing up sick because i always want to show up at like i can talk about being professional and unprofessional with feelings all i want but i always want to show up at like a game top notch next level tippy top immaculate perfection that is the long and short of what I demand of myself when I show up for people mm-hmm. a really small order really easy mm-hmm. Kristen yeah. Kristen you can see the cogs of my brain turning yeah what's I'm happening really excited <laughs> I am chomping at the bit mm-hmm. to propose a challenge yeah an idea you absolutely do not have to take it on Mm -hmm. but it sparked into my brain Mm -hmm. and it would be a disservice to us both and to the lovely listeners 
for me not to share. Do go on. <laughs> oh, darling. Thank you. My motto in life, <laughs> I just remembered it, just sparked into my head. I think I've been living it pretty successfully, just subconsciously, which I'm happy to realize, is how might I make this fun? How might I make this playful? And how might I make this sexy? And I mean, I I can find almost anything sexy or like interesting in like a weird, perverse, erotic way. So it's it's not about necessarily being super turned on by something. It's about connecting with the erotic charge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. You mentioned needing to show up in a certain way. Mm-hmm to be able to sell, to be potentially, and these are my words, I could be wrong, please let me know, but to be taken seriously in your field, to be respected, to be credible. And you know how much I like fucking with rules. So I'm curious about turning the tables and setting a challenge of Like, how bad can you be? Like, how can you... Like, if you were trying to... What are the words? It isn't sabotage your business, but it's like, it's that same energy, it's... It's really how much can you challenge the status quo of what you think you know and who you think you need to be. And maybe even within this container, like even in relation just to how we show up mm-hmm. for a short period, for like a maybe a five day period or a five episode period or some kind of some kind of structure. Mm-hmm. But like to completely break the rules completely break all the rules we're breaking all the rules just for this time and we can return to the schedule later (laughs) and schedule later that's fine Mm -hmm. but we need to get this out of our system first it reminds me of the time when (laughs) i posted a nude tiktok video of me on linkedin And honestly, I was so disappointed that it did not get more likes or more attention. It was so tragic. Is that what got you banned for life? No, that actually wasn't what got me banned for life. And I am back now, my friends. I am back. I win, fuckers. (laughs) So don't you dare try and bring me down. Um. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to be able to do that. I wanted to be free. I wanted to, and I knew I needed to be able to be do that. I knew I needed 
to be able to do things that no one else would do and completely like do all the taboo things so that I could stand in genuinely being and feeling unfuckwithable and unshameable. Because what I'm really hearing and sensing here, and I could be wrong again, mm-hmm. but that what lies beneath this, feeling like you need to show up in a certain way, the idea that potentially that's true, and then seeing that reflected around you, is shame. Is the idea that something is wrong with you when you're like this? Is the idea that you are somehow not lovable or not valuable to the world when you are like this, whatever that means? And I spent at least 15 minutes on a call with you before we started recording. And your presence was immensely valuable to me. (laughs) And I had a great time. And I greatly enjoyed spending time with you and obviously I don't want you to be sick that's not what I'm saying Mm. but I'm saying that I love you and I feel you and the essence of you shines through no matter what and also that there are some things that are only available to us or or rather or are more available to us even when we are struggling or suffering or in pain because we're more connected we're more sensitive our bodies are often like inflamed Mm -hmm. and with that comes new insights and new clarity and that is so powerful and so rich and so to deprive the world of that you Kristen Mm. is a disservice I want you Mm. I want all of you and I want to create a space where all of you can come through and be held and loved yeah that's um it's that makes me think that there are always levels that you get really good at a thing and then it comes back around and I the way that I um the spiral of my life, the way that it's gone for the last couple of decades is to learn a thing, teach a thing, learn a thing, teach a thing, learn a thing, teach a thing. And it's funny that in talking about taboos, I was like, well, I can talk about all of them because I've talked about all of them before. It's not, there's nothing new here, whatever. Um, but for me, this is like this, we're just right into the heart of the one, um, which is my regulations around the way that I show up. And I'm like, I'm checking in my like, junk drawer of bullshit for like where did this come from who did this to me (laughs) and it's just me it's just my own standards for myself it's just um it's it's just this belief that if I can't show up perfect why show up and letting that go is really hard um and like I can feel it I can just feel it like if I can't show up perfect why show up being like I don't think there's a woman alive that doesn't identify at some level like maybe you've already fought this battle and you already know what to do with it and where to put it 
um, but I find myself hardest to love in this exact space of there are things on my calendar that need to get done and things that need to happen and, 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 and I can't fucking breathe. And I was coughing all night. So we find the place where perfectionism has to meet grace. And that's a really, really tender space. I mean, it's ironically like what I do with all of my days with women, but usually I'm on the holding end, not on the like, it's tender, Rachel. It's tender here. God damn it. So that's where I am. And um, yeah, in the imperfect space. And the 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 um the the thing I have access to most easily is the crotchety space, the space that's like, I don't have time for nonsense or bullshit right now. It's only vital systems that can run. We don't have time for like anything extraneous, superfluous, or just stupid. So the truth of what matters and what doesn't is really, really evident. Like, will I show up with you? Absolutely. Will I handle my responsibilities? Absolutely. Will I take on extracurriculars? <laughs> no, because <laughs> I don't have that capacity. Um, so I think there's a, there's a beauty in, um, and it might be the only beauty of COVID for me, is that it takes you right to your edges and goes like, there, there's the edge. And I like to get to my edges my way, <laughs> not in a way that is forced upon me. And like, how lucky am I that I get to choose that sometimes? And this, I just don't get to choose. This is just like, yo, your lungs are barely functioning. What up? And it's hard. So thank you for... Mm, two things making the space for it to be tender and difficult and not the other thing that can be really damaging in this space not giving any platitudes about you can give love without platitudes it's so important to like separate those two things I just want to make the energetics of what you're doing very clear that you could choose to love me with you know it's all going to be better and your lungs are just going to feel great and, and I would be fighting you inside because that hasn't been the case for so many weeks. But you're just showing up with like, I love you and I value your presence regardless. That is killer. You can decimate me with your love, Rachel. You're <laughs> <laughs> the most evil sounding love ever. Right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Just be valued exactly as you are. Like, fuck okay fine like that's what love is that's what that's what we're doing here at some level is there any other way that i can hold space for you right now I'm curious about the rules that you have or have had 
for the way that you show up in the world. Thank you. So the first thing that I want to say is that you being here in this way gives me permission to speak about things that I don't always feel safe to talk about. And also, more importantly, don't always feel I have the support and community around that I would need. So I do definitely speak about these things. And I do it with very specific people in very specific circles and not at all (laughs) with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that's because in order for me to be able to soften and show vulnerability and reveal a different side of myself and be truthful in this way. It's another facet of truth. I need to be with people who not only can hold me, but want to hold me and deeply love me, love me for me, see me for me, independent of anything else. And that isn't everybody, and that's more than okay. And that's what I need to be able to go deeper. And it's a qualitatively different experience to share in a heartfelt way to my audience, quote unquote. That always feels a bit strange to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand in that, my audience. Mm-hmm. But to share to my audience about things that are going on for me or things that are on my mind or personal reflections. Versus having a conversation with someone who loves me and can meet me and wants to be able to see me and create space for me to be able to express myself in a new way. It's just different. Even if I'm saying similar things, it's different. And the feeling is different in my body. And it's a beautiful, gentle, tender reminder for me personally that there are things that we can't do alone. And that is so fucking beautiful. I treasure everything I can't do alone. I treasure the ways in which I am humbled. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to have to do things alone. I don't want to feel alone. And I don't have to. So thank you for creating that space, by being you, and by being so brave 
I'm not going to say by being so vulnerable. I feel like that phrase is often misused. I think it's brave to show up when you are not at your best in relation to the standards that you set or the standards that you perceive are expected or needed for whatever reasons. And I'm grateful that you trust me. And I'm really inspired by that, honestly. Like, if you had said no to me at the beginning of our call and just said, hey, Rachel, it's just, it's a no, I would have respected that. And the fact that you were willing to push your edges a little bit and try something different and go there with me, that's everything to me. That is why I do the work I do and why it feels so devotional for me and why I treasure our connection and the fact that I have these kinds of relationships with people in general and particularly with women. And now to the question. <laughs> I thought you were going to avoid it. It was like, wow, well avoided. <laughs> I had to get that in. I, love it. I had to get that in. I just had to say that. I had to. I had to. I had to. I had to. And I'm not going to apologize for taking up space. No. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> I'm curious about the ways that you, the rules that you make or have had in the past, if they're not current, for the ways that you show up in the world. Uh, you regulate your own presence in the world fucking easy one you can see me on video Mm -hmm. no one else can see me Mm -hmm. that's easy i need to wash my hair Mm -hmm. i'm wearing no makeup Mm -hmm. and a gray Mm t-shirt this is standard rachel working from home standard rachel taking calls from billionaires look (laughs) yeah it actually is it actually is yeah yeah that's my standard look Mm-hmm. Do I want that to be on YouTube or TikTok? No, I don't. <laughs> I actually don't. Mm-hmm. Do I feel a little bit edgy about that? Kind of in some ways. I feel like we're fed a narrative that we should. Mm-hmm. Like I should just be okay. And rationally, I know that being on video is better for XYZ reasons. I like the fact that we can see each other. I like the intimacy of that. And I love the fact that there's some separation. That when other people beyond our little bubble hear this and experience it, it will be audio only. I love that. It allows me to relax. It allows me to focus less on what I look like and being anal about it, mm-hmm. to be candid with you, mm-hmm. and more on presence and love and joy and ingenuity and making sex noises and writhing and being ridiculous mm-hmm. and not worrying about something being screenshotted and 
put on Twitter or X as it's now called and people taking the piss out of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay with people taking the piss out of me, but I, I don't need to like invite it. Ask <laughs> <laughs> you on Reddit be like, nah, that's, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. So that's a really good example that's really current. And that's something I do. I mean, I don't, I am not ashamed of it. And I'm grateful actually to be able to admit it. And, and if I had a team of makeup, if I had a team of makeup artists with me and was wearing a different outfit and all those other things, that might be different. That probably would be different. If I looked perfect, that would be different. Yes. I admit it. Yes. And we would have a conversation. We would have, we would be having a conversation with production value. Yeah. Although I, I do actually want to do that at some point. I want to have a conversation with real production value. I want to dress up with you. Yes. Yes. But the conversation will be different than like, yes, yes. I'm in my t shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. That's also true. <laughs> it changes. You know, like if you show up in a ball gown with a crown on, I'm going to be like, well, yes. That's a different thing. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. And no one is going to be surprised when it does. Just let me know. So I, I will meet you in your ball gownitude and we will Meow. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Are we being useful or just silly right now? That's part of it. Fuck that. This is useful. This is useful. Fuck that. I hate that brain is very annoying. No, no, no. None of that brain today, thank you. This is useful. Okay, perfect. We're dismissing. I that. say so. Therefore, it's true, and I run the world. Token, <laughs> and we are not in ball gowns, but we will be eventually, people. Yes, exactly. And trying to be useful. Ooh, ooh, it sucks. Do you know what else? It sucks. It's draining for you. It's kind of blur for other people to be around as well. Like it creates this odd energetic feeling that's kind of try hard and icky. Yes. And yeah, just gets in the way. It's not really that useful. Even if you have really useful things to say and do, which you do. I know you do. Which we all do, to be clear. The performance element does something to the conversation. That's the challenge. That's what I want. I want this to be an anti-performance. Good, because I don't have any performance in me. Uh, Great. How I, <laughs> I think I've burped like three times That's in this recording as an example. <laughs> yeah, that production value at some level stands in for maybe you won't notice that I'm not being vulnerable if I just have enough production value. Like maybe you'll maybe if it costs $6,000 to make this video, you won't notice that I'm just like spouting bullshit. (laughs) That's often how that production value reads to me. Mm. Um, I could be wrong. And you had your, you put your finger up. So I see it as being less about vulnerability and more about just being real. Like authenticity. Being, being real is vulnerable. Being real is ooh, is it? 
Can hair and are you vulnerable? Oh my God. Do you know how many people are not real? Do you know? Yeah, why? but I don't see being real as being inherently vulnerable. You're right. Like, maybe you're right. You are right. I know you're right. So this is where we get into our, like, ideologically. I love it. Oh, We're coming yeah. from different for places. Me, it's beautiful. For me, being real is being without masks. Like, it's just you and me here, kid. There's no yeah. trying to influence you in any way. And I'm not trying to convince you of anything in any way. Um, And I'm also, I have, my faculties are fully available. And I'm not going to run them through the, what do you think of this before I say it. I think a lot of women have that the number of times that I've been teaching in a room mm-hmm. and like lean forward almost speak and then pull it back it's vulnerable to do the thing where you actually speak the thing that wants to come out of your mouth at that particular time and I'm like yes yes I saw you swallow it tell me what that was please because <laughs> um, that's often the good stuff and that's the stuff that the masks don't allow there's that like, no, 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 swallow it, push it down, push it down, push it down, push it down. That's too dangerous. That's exactly the best part of the whole fucking thing. And production value will edit that out. They would edit out the part where I was like, no, 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 speak, 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 to make it look like it was instead of like, it's actually really hard to have that moment happen. And sometimes you need a cheerleader to move you into that moment and to make that moment be okay for you to just say the thing whatever it is that wants to come out of you i love witnessing you in your genius with women Mm. i feel like this just like affirms affirms our differences in a really really good way like i often forget that we work with completely different audiences (laughs) (laughs) segments like this remind me oh oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men are never. Men are not like this. Men are not required to hold their truth back. I love men. I love women. It's just very different. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm used to. I'm used to that. I'm so used to that. I'm so used to. They'll just say it. Yeah, orienting in that way, and then also in myself. I think I've done a lot of, a lot of work to deeply become comfortable in my own skin. Or at least like accepting of all the stuff and being able to reconcile myself with it. And even the gnarly, ugly blur and being able to say the unsayable, blah, 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 do the undoable, do the things that I would otherwise be afraid of and ashamed of. And, you know, it's fine. And I kind of, I say this lovingly, I kind of forget that not everyone is like that. (laughs) And not everyone. Yeah, the thing, I guess what I'm trying to say is the things that are obvious to each of us because of our experiences and, you know, real deep embodied expertise is not necessarily true for everybody else. And that's not about hierarchy. That's just a reality. We are not necessarily coming at this from the same place. And indeed, every human being is coming at life from different places that's just part and parcel of <laughs> existence and <laughs> yeah the uniqueness of 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 being yeah but women are we have some them. common definitions we have language to help us along the way but like 
we aren't seeing the same things. We aren't, there's always going to be a gap is what I'm trying to say. There's always going to be a gap. We try and bridge that gap and we try and understand one another and we try and come together and we can and we can't. And it's so beautiful both ways, all the ways, every way. Mm. I'm so in love with this stuff. Yeah, there are very few things I love more than a woman uh, telling the truth. And the longer that truth took to travel from wherever it began, like out of her being, sometimes that journey takes years. Um, I'm here for that a thousand billion million percent of the time. Even sick, I'm, I'm still here for it. So um, I do think that being real um, and telling the truth is inherently against all of our conditioning. All of our conditioning is sit down, shut up, comply. Just comply. Just pretend. And to take a stand for not being compliant and pretending. <laughs> it's, um, it's it's like heretical at some level. Yeah. To just and it's so silly and simple and small. Um sometimes the things that come out that are just like yeah, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want that. I want this instead. I want that instead. Um, but it's always, it's always overcoming a great deal of training in order to get to the place where the words will come out of your mouth. And I envy men, their ability to just know that and say that from jump and nobody ever takes that ability away from them. What inspired you to create the innermost now? Well, my mom died, and she died in the very worst way possible, which was in this sort of um, good girl way. And um, to be a really good girl, to be the best girl, and the sort of genetic inheritance of my existence is that if you imagine that you can that um each being is sort of a bowl of light and it's your job to regulate how you use that light that life force that energy whatever it is that you want to call it um genetically i come from a long line of women whose bowls no matter how much you put into them are just tipped forward spilling and giving and there's no ability to receive there's no ability to hold there's no ability to keep there's no ability to save. Um, I watched my mom give her last $5 to the Catholic church so many times. And even in her last days, she um, she couldn't articulate what she wanted. She couldn't appreciate what she had, which was people who desperately wanted to help her. And she just couldn't let them help. She couldn't articulate anything that she needed. Um she forbid me from coming to the house, which I just ignored and showed up anyway. Because um, she didn't want me to see her in that much pain and she was going to get better. And so I saw living and played out this, this woman who was deeply, 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 deeply devoted to that sort of Catholic good girl conditioning. She took it all the way to the end and it never 
it never paid out. And not only did it not pay out, it actively caused harm for the last months of her life. She couldn't feel the love that everyone was just desperately trying to give her. But like, if your bowl is broken and tipped over, it doesn't matter how much you put into it. It's just going to keep leaking. It's She lost that skill of, of holding and receiving circulating energy of being able to even own her own energy she lost that and the innermost was like okay so if you've just seen the worst case scenario how do you stop women from reaching the worst case scenario and all of my expertise is in doing that in business because it's it's also it's like if business is a playground there's a bunch of things that you can see and those are all genders can see them, you know, like here's strategy, here's SEO, here's marketing, here's, uh, you know, profit and loss. It all seems very straightforward. But when women enter the playing field, there are like these big like bear traps and lion traps and pits and holes and like mud pits of nonsense that the conditioning causes. And I want to just like shine light on them and be and play with these are not that dangerous if you know where they are and you can see them. But as long as the lion pit is invisible, there's a real problem. So the game of the innermost is to go all the way into yourself, all the way into your conditioning, all the way back to the very, very beginning and learn the skills that allow men to enter the playing field with great joy and that women are actively taught to leave behind. Like the ability to say yes and mean it, not just to auto yes. The ability to say no and mean it, not to feel like, no is the worst word you can say in the entirety of the world. The ability to charge for your pricing, charge for your for your work, the ability to charge profitably for your work, the ability to talk about your work with other people, the ability to have boundaries with your work and to put structure around your time and energy and to value that deeply. The ability to own your talents, your accolades, your awards, your magnificent parts, to claim them, to use them, to have them the ability to ask for help, the ability to receive help. All of these things are fucked by the conditioning. And it's not obvious. It's almost entirely invisible. And it's made worse by the Tony Robbinses of the world who just, if you just give me 150 more grand, then you'll know the answer. If you just get into my platinum ultimate top tier access level and go on a cruise with me, I'll fix it bullshit you won't you won't because there's this the foundation is wobbly and it's been made wobbly and when women are in community they can see the wobble and it's not a problem because we can all go oh that's fucking wobbly yeah let's not do that but as a, at the individual level one-on-one -on -one, it turns into there's something wrong with me i'm so ashamed i should be further along by now I feel so guilty that I'm taking up time. I feel so guilty that I'm taking up space. I feel so guilty that my partner makes dinner when I'm supposed to be the one doing that. You can't see my air quotes. They are heavy air quotes there. I'm pulling from examples. Um, it's when women say, if I were a bad girl, I would sleep for eight hours a night. Bitch, that's not bad girl. That's just human 101. <laughs> we, are, we are systematically taught to be small and yeah. from that small space to operate and then we go like, why is this so hard? Because 90% of you is caught up in making yourself small. And it's a lot of energy to say that small, in my experience. 
And I just want to like, let's snip, 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 snip. Let's just remove those parts of you that are just keeping you so fucking small and leading you into therapy about how guilty and shamey you are with your business. It's just not necessary. <laughs> and I want to address that in a big way. Mm. And that's one of the gifts of being sick. I get spicy. Yeah, baby. With all that in mind, mm. are you open to sharing how we met? What do you want to say about how we met? I don't know. Do you want to make it up? Rachel and I were doing work, um, really deep work with Kasha Urbaniak and my my issues with Kasha Urbaniak are that I keep trying to send people to her and they keep coming back scared um, because she used to be a dominatrix so I'm like all right well we need to get this shit into the hands of people <laughs> who have never been dominatrixes if that will help get people out there and Rachel is out there being a manthropologist weird <laughs> just being brilliant with men and I was like there's something here about there's something here about following the life force together and about allowing both of us to be really good at what we do in a really compliment like truly complimentary way that that I will sit back and be like you're fucking brilliant and she will do the same and it's at different points um that that rare sense of like oh we could do some shit we could fuck some shit up Mm. so Kristen and I met in New York last year when I was busy following what's alive and never going faster than I could feel which is what I still do by the way and I traveled to New York to make a film uh, with Kasha and other members of the community and also attend some really cool events on female power while I was out there. And I met Kristen and (sighs) we didn't actually spend a lot of time together in person. But I was struck by your generosity of spirit and your willingness to go there and say the thing and do the thing and be the thing, even when nobody else around you was. And... I remember having a really heartfelt conversation with you on Broadway mm-hmm. and just really feeling so seen during a time of my life where honestly, you know, I, I had I had been making a lot of changes and a lot was unfurling and unfolding and transforming and it was big for my 
you know, little tender self. It was really big. And Kristen saw that and loved me. And I felt deeply loved. And it was, is beautiful and meaningful. And one thing I think that I've struggled with or found painful at times is literally embodying power <laughs> in many ways and very visceral ways for people often and balancing that with being a 25 year old woman and at the time I was 24 and you know learning and growing and wanting not just support but wanting to have people around me that I could view as role models, that I could look up to, that I could view as mentors and, you know, learn with and from in a really heartfelt way. And it had been very painful for me previously to, for whatever reasons, not have spaces like that be available to me in practice the loneliness the loneliness yeah, yeah the loneliness yeah. when you know I knew that was what I needed and I didn't feel ashamed of that I felt that was beautiful and I didn't feel like that detracted from anything else that's just me being real that's just being authentic and grounded it would be stranger for a 24 year old to walk around thinking they knew everything and you know it's not even about taking no guidance. It's about not being open and receptive to the reality that there is more beyond the prism of their experience. Like, obviously, duh. But I didn't want to be spoken down to or belittled or put in a box. And I've definitely experienced that in my life. And it's been sad. It's been really fucking sad. Mm. I haven't liked it. And Kristen, you were one of the people during that period of my life who I really didn't feel that way with and felt, you know, authentically, deeply like adored by for who I was, for everything that I was, you know, with all the messy messiness or the things that seemed messy to me, the things that maybe I wouldn't have wanted to reveal mm. things that maybe detracted from my shininess, but that you, you didn't judge or shame me for. And that meant so much to me. So, yeah, you gave that to me when you didn't need to. There was nothing it in was it. A strategy. <laughs> right? Yeah, no. Loving is never a strategy for me. Well, but I think that's the magic because the same is true for me. I love because it makes me feel good. I love because it strengthens and transforms me. I love deeply selfishly. And purely, and the two come together. Because if you're not rooted in you, then you're giving yourself away. And that isn't love. Mm. Mm, this has been a very rich call. <laughs> yeah. We've gone in many different directions. We have. I think this is showing up. And that's, I think we've covered so many different ways to, to show up yeah yeah and 
if you're a woman who relates to anything that we've discussed around how you feel you need to show up, who you need to be in the world, and the toll it takes on you and your ability to not only express yourself, but like live a life that lights you up and turns you on and feels good and, you know, allows you to breathe freely, (laughs) pardon the pun, then we'd love to see you this November. Innermost.live. Get your tickets, yo. <laughs> November 5th to 7th. And if you're a man listening to this and you love me, mm-hmm. that is a prerequisite. You have to love me. If you don't love me, you're not coming. <laughs> you're just not coming. That's that's no point. I don't know what to say. Like it's a waste of it's a waste. It's, you're, you you won't be interested. You just won't be interested. <laughs> And the idea of spending $32,000 for a weekend that you're not going to have anywhere else with anybody else that will blow, blow your heart open and connect you with a level of depth and love and presence and intimacy in yourself and with others that you will not have experienced before because as far as I'm aware, there has literally been nothing like this. And no, it's not a kink event. It is really deeply and unfurling and unfolding in a space that breaks rules and is so deeply loving and tender and rich and meaningful and sacred. And surrendered and truthful. They don't know about that part. So I have to tell them about that part. Oh, oh oh well i was gonna say then you know where to find me all the links are in my bio on twitter you can just message me i'm very human and engaging (laughs) and my twitter or my ex is at rachel cliff and i love people and i love humanity and if you've enjoyed this little podcast, it would bring me joy to hear about it because I'm new to this and it feels tender. And I'm so happy to be doing this with you, Kristen, as an entry point into this world and to be able to explore and embody what it means to allow yourself to be everything all at once without making yourself wrong for it. That for me is so deeply life-giving and nourishing and sexy and enthralling and that is what i want to see more of in the world well the joy is so if you just heard that and we're like what the fuck Um, (laughs) one of the sort of secrets of the event because i wanted you to choose the event before you knew is imagine a hundred men in a room being served by 20 women that's a Tuesday. That's nothing. It's nothing remarkable. Now, <laughs> now there are a hundred women in a room being served by men who are there to witness and aid the transformation and who will selfishly get to see things they've never seen before, like the behind the scenes of women. So the game we're playing is what sort of magic can we get up to and how can we 
alter the ways in which you're willing to receive in the world, in which your bowl can be filled and not just tipped forward endlessly, serving everyone around you. That's the game. Let's play. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks let's not do that let's try something different this is a really simple format one gathering a month on the first tuesday of the month until the 2024 election so we're practicing the skills that we will need in november now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.